Hey everybody, I know we've got about another minute to go, but uh, just wanted to let you know that I'm going to change the schedule over the holidays and I'll do a separate post to um, make everybody aware of that. Uh, I'm not going to broadcast the next two weeks um, and uh, just want you to know that, and I'll, like I said, I'll post it. Well, good morning, everybody, for the 8-Minute Mind Shift. I uh, hope this has been helpful for you. been going at it since August. Um, and um, it's been really good for me. Good for me to have the consistency and the schedule. And and uh, appreciated your feedback and all that cool stuff. So, Scripture for us as we get started this morning. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 says this. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. And of course, it says some things before that and after that. But here's the, here's the phrase I want you to think about this morning. Set your mind on blank. In other words, clearly what the Bible's telling us is we have the ability to set our mind. Last week, we talked about the fact that our minds are going to create thoughts with or without our permission. And we talked about how awareness is the key to power because if you're aware of what you're thinking, you can kind of hold it up and look at it and choose whether to keep it, change it, discard it. And But if you're not aware or if you believe you can't set your mind, in other words, you, if you believe you're a slave to your mind or a servant to your mind instead of your mind's a servant to you, uh, you're going to have a tricky deal. Now, I put a set of notes up uh, again, so uh, hopefully you saw that. And if not, go uh, just take a second and go back and look. get those if you're not listening to this live. But I'm just going to run through it. Uh, again, Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind. I believe there's an epidemic of victimization in the world today, but definitely in the church. Oh, by the way, how about my Christmassy little look here? But um, I believe you could, another word for victimization is learned helplessness. And uh, probably take a whole episode and talk about that sometime. But um, just the whole idea that things happen to me, little things, big things, tragic things, and learned helplessness or victimization is the sense that there's nothing I can do to affect my response to that or my reaction to that. Um, in the notes, it says it's the root of most mood disorders. I don't want you to think I don't know about chemical stuff and all that, but I'm talking about those of us that deal with what you might call non-therapeutic uh, level kind of shifts in emotion. Um, a lot of it is not recognizing that relationship between your mind and you and who's the master of whom kind of thing. Um, if you misdiagnose a problem or a challenge, you're going to mistreat it, meaning you're not going to fix it. You're not going to come out with a better result. And victim thinking talks like this. Why do they keep doing this to me? In other words, we get caught in cycles with people. And if we put the source of our problem outside of ourselves, then we don't feel any responsibility, authority, or power to do anything about it. So if we just realize that, yes, people do things that thwart our purposes, that hurt us, that deprive us of what we need, but we still have a lot to say about how their behavior, their choices affect us. 
So let me run through a couple of thoughts that we've, we've kind of talked about these before, but since they're in writing, I'm just going to run through them real quickly. The, I call it the ABCs, or just kind of like the, the simple basics of managing your emotions. Number one there, your prevailing dominant habitual thoughts, beliefs, and attitudes determine your mood or emotional state. In other words, how you're thinking consciously and maybe subconsciously kind of puts you in a certain kind of mood or emotional state. Your mood or prevailing emotional state creates a filter, really, 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 really important, through which you perceive and experience. In other words, my thoughts put me in a mood. The mood then creates a filter through which I experience the world around me. Number three there, you see what you're looking for. In other words, once I'm in a certain mood, I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm whatever, I see the world through that filter. And if I'm sad, I see things that confirm why I'm sad. If I'm happy, I see things that feed into my joy. Number four, we resist reality by adjusting it to fit our filter. In other words, if I'm in a bad place, I don't like myself, I feel like I'm a loser, then what I notice the most is all the things that confirm that. There may be evidence in my surroundings that contradict I'm a loser, but my filter filters that out. Number five, we project that worldview or that filter into the future and we predict the outcome of events and situations that haven't even happened yet. Uh, obviously, that's a form of worry. Heard a cool statement recently. A guy said, man, worrying works. 80% of what I worry about never happens. So he believes worry is an effective way to avoid what you don't want to happen. That's kind of a weird viewpoint, but kind of funny. So we can take the filter that we're in and we can even make sure that reality conforms to our filter. You might call it self-sabotage. If I, if I feel like I'm a loser and I don't deserve good things to happen, I don't deserve for people to like me, consciously and unconsciously, I can act in certain ways, give off energy, make choices that make what I'm predicting happen. People won't like me. People won't want me around. Now, I'm not saying that those things aren't a reality at times. What I'm saying is, that there's times when we're involved in sabotaging ourselves because we're not aware. All right, the table here is what I really want to get to. Three things, three steps, three steps to a mind shift. Three steps, identify, challenge, and change, or exchange. Identify, challenge, and change. You can't change your thoughts until you've learned to be aware of them. Last week, we talked about thought awareness training. You've got to learn to be aware of what your mind's doing. Your thoughts are not you. You create your thoughts, but that's the whole point. You can, you can determine where they go and, and uh, how they get there and all that cool stuff. So look at this chart here. This chart can be really, really helpful to you. Here's what I want you to imagine, and I can't cover the whole thing just for time's sake, but I want you to imagine taking a piece of paper. And I, like a, I'm a journaler. I love to journal. And um, so what I would do sometimes is take a situation that frequently causes me trouble. And then what I would do is maybe 
real quickly in some brief way, write the situation across the top, draw a line under it. And then underneath it, here's, here's what I would do. I would like, what am I thinking or what am I saying to myself? What, what's going on inside of me before that happens or while that happens? So if you look under identify, take responsibility for what you're feeling. Now, do people do things that hurt us? Yes. But no one's ever 100% responsible. Therefore, no one's ever 0% responsible. So take responsibility for what you're feeling and the part you play in it. Make sense? Stewardship is the antidote to victimization. Learn to ask yourself, what was going through my mind? What was I saying to myself? Could I throw this in here? What was I saying to myself about myself? And learn to monitor your net. Your, your. Now, in your notes, you go to the second column. So you've written out some things, you know, and then over here you draw a line and then you, or go to the next page and you just, in a sense, you start arguing with what you wrote under the first column. Is it true? Is there, is there a better way of wording it? Is the fruit of the thought good? If I change the thought, would I feel or act differently? You see what we're doing here? What we're doing is learning to be aware of our thoughts, and then we're learning how to challenge them and say and change them. What would I say to someone else? That's sometimes a really, really, really powerful technique because we tend to be nicer to other people than we are to ourselves in the sense of self-talk. Will I, would I allow anyone else to talk to themselves this way? Um, your kids, your spouse, your friends, somebody you're ministering to, you'd be quick to say, no, dude, that's, that's, no, that's not an accurate way to see yourself or talk about yourself. Well, are you that kind to yourself? And then the third column, create statements that counter the lies that you found in the first column. Use God's word where it fits. You know, I'm such a loser. I never do anything right. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's, there's ways to take scripture, personalize it. Practice, practice, practice saying nice things to yourself about yourself. Gosh, some of us think that's just weird. Some of us would actually think that's wrong. My deal is this. I just want to agree with God. I want to love what he loves, hate what he hates, value what he values, honor what he honors. And here's the deal, my friends. He loves you. He loves me. So if I love me, I'm not like dishonoring God. If I say nice things about me, especially if they come out of his word, guess what? I'm just saying about myself what he says about me. The best time to practice is not when you're in the middle of a downward cycle. The best time to practice is when you're feeling pretty good. Expect it to not feel right. Like writing with your opposite hand, it just feels awkward. Well, so does being nice to yourself. And then the last thought for today is remember, growth is a process, not an event. And there's a key ingredient that we often don't give ourselves the grace of, and that's time. It takes time to change deeply entrenched behavior. All right, look for an announcement about the next couple of weeks because I'm not going to do this 
over the holidays just so that I can enjoy my family and you can enjoy yours. And uh, love you. I will see you into the next year. All right. Bless you guys.